entitled this series the ministry of the spirit so this will be part one and the familiar promise in john 14 verse 16 and as you know jesus was just about ready to go to the cross he was giving them his parting <clears throat> information and uh he said in John 14, 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So in other words, they'll have two, two comforters. Jesus is the first one. He is going back to heaven. He'll be up there pleading before the Father. But he gives another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The disciples were concerned because Jesus was leaving and he had handled all their problems and their difficulties and now he's leaving. And he said, don't worry, I've, I've got it covered. There's another comforter and he'll be with you uh, wherever you go. Again, in John 16, verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. In other words, it's a good thing. You don't think it's a good thing, but it is a good thing that I'm leaving. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, as a sidelight, this is not my main message, but you're probably aware that people are attacking the idea that the Holy Spirit is a separate person from the Father and the Son. But if you look at the pronouns in these verses, it, it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a separate being and even the wording of Jesus here where he said if if I don't leave the comforter won't come well if the spirit is just something that emanates from Jesus that's not correct wording you know because he's already there so there's plenty of evidence in the Bible and then of course in the writings of Ellen White <clears throat> Desire of Ages comments on the thoughts in this verse, page 669. Before this, the Spirit had been in the world from the very beginning of the work of redemption, he had been moving upon men's hearts. So the Holy Spirit is active in the Old Testament. Some people get the idea with the wording of Jesus there that he was saying, uh, the Holy Spirit's just going to start now. No, that's not what he meant. In the creation story, we see the Holy Spirit, and we can trace the Spirit all through the Old Testament. But while Christ was on earth, the disciples had desired no other helper. So they didn't call on the Holy Spirit while Jesus was here. 
because Jesus took care of everything and they felt no need for the Holy Spirit. Not until they were deprived of his presence would they feel their need of the Spirit. And then he would come. Notice again the pronouns, always. He, him. It's a separate being. Now, I want to make this, you know, very personal. We didn't have the opportunity of walking and talking with Jesus and watching him work. We have the stories to read, but it's not the same as actually being there with him and seeing how he solved everything. And so the fact is that we don't go through that deprivation like they did. When, when Jesus left, oh, that was terrible, awful experience. And for that reason, I'm afraid that we don't desire the Holy Spirit like they did. And because we don't desire the Holy Spirit like they did, we don't get the Holy Spirit like they did. And, you know, I don't, don't know whether we'll uh, cover, I haven't worked out all the messages, whether we'll cover Pentecost or not, but we're familiar with the incredible things that happen at Pentecost and, and all the way through the book of Acts because they were so devastated for Jesus to leave that when they got the Holy Spirit, they, they really wanted the Holy Spirit, and they got the Holy Spirit, and they wanted to hang on to the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's time for us to try the best we can to put ourselves in that situation and say, Lord, help me to desire the Holy Spirit like they did when Jesus left them. We're too much like this. While Christ was on earth, the disciples had desired no other helper. But with us, we didn't have that experience exactly. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is Christ's representative. Now, you can't represent somebody if you're the same person. So here again, you see? The people that are saying the Holy Spirit's not a separate being are just blinded, seriously blinded to the language, both in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. But divested of the personality of humanity and independent thereof, cumbered with humanity, Christ could not be in every place personally. Therefore, it was for their interest that he should go to the Father and send the Spirit to be his successor on earth. Again, you can't be a successor if you're the same person. So, <clears throat> even though they didn't realize it, they didn't understand it, and they were still sad because Jesus left, the truth is, they were better off without Jesus because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes we may wish that we could 
have lived and walked and talked with Jesus. But we're better off not to do that because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're better off to have what we have and to, you know, take advantage of what's available. No one could then have any advantage because of his location or his personal contact with Christ. Just think of all the other people. I mean, the disciples had pretty close and the, and the three disciples had a closer relationship and John had an even closer one. But what about all the rest of the people? When God decided to give us the Holy Spirit, he put us all in the same position that we can all have the presence of Christ, if we want to look at it that way. We can have the presence of the Holy Spirit, every one of us, whether we're together or separate, it doesn't matter, we can have that gift. By the Spirit, of the, by the, Spirit the Savior would be accessible to all. And I'm sure you don't believe this, but a lot of people think the pastor has some special connection that he can get answers that they can't get. This is not true. The Holy Spirit is near to everybody. Everybody. And therefore, anything that we have need of is right there. All we have to do is ask. You know, sometimes... Even, even in the Adventist church, I have people come up to me and they want me to pray about something. And I can tell that the way they're presenting it, they think that if I pray, more will happen than what will happen if they pray. Well, that's just not true if we understand this subject. In this sense, he would be nearer to them than if he had not ascended on high. Wow. So the message for us is that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus can be closer to us than he was when he was physically here on the earth. And if you read farther, it talks about being in you and so on. Uh, we'll talk more about that. But this, I believe, we need to really let our faith grasp hold of. At all times and in all places, in all sorrows and in all afflictions, when the outlook seems dark and the future perplexing, and we feel helpless and alone, the Comforter will be sent in answer to the prayer of faith. So there's no reason for any of us to be down or discouraged, or whatever. We just need to send up a prayer. Send the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's probably already there, but he does that, tell us to ask, and so we need to do that. But I think he wants us to get more aware that at all times, it doesn't matter what we're doing, where we are, at all times, the Holy Spirit is right there because that's what Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to do, to be with us at all times. 
and in every place. doesn't matter where we have to be. It may be a place we don't want to be. But if we have to be there, the Holy Spirit's right there. And then we all have sorrows. They're different uh, sorrows for probably uh, it's quite a variety of sorrows that we have in this group and afflictions are different. But in every one of them, the Holy Spirit's right there, ready to do and to help and to encourage and bring the blessings we need. And then sometimes we really get into a bad spot where we don't see anything but disaster ahead. But the Holy Spirit is there. And when we get to the point where we feel helpless and alone and nobody knows or cares about what's going on, the Holy Spirit's there. And he wants us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is there to bring the comfort. That's why he's called the comforter, to bring the comfort that we need. Circumstances may separate us from every earthly friend. Now, if we haven't experienced that now, we're going to, right, in the future. But when that happens, we need to be really uh, clear on what we're studying tonight. Because if we don't, if we're not clear on that, if we can't by faith see that the Holy Spirit is right with us, what are we going to do when we are all alone? There's nobody else to bring any encouragement or help to us. But no circumstance, no distance can separate us from the heavenly comforter. Wherever we are, wherever we may go, he is always at our right hand to support, sustain, uphold, and cheer. So that's how he works as a comforter, supports us, sustains us, he upholds us, and he cheers us up, if we will let him cheer us up. If we're not determined to think about how bad it is and how terrible it is and how awful that we got in that spot, then he can cheer us up. That's his ministry to us as human beings. Another key role of the Holy Spirit is brought out in John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So two aspects are pointed out here. Whatever we need to know, the Holy Spirit will teach us, teach us all things. Second, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance the things that we need to remember, things that we've studied before, things that we, uh, Jesus told us. And uh, the disciples really needed this one, and so do we. This is uh, continuing there in Desire of Ages. No more will you say, I cannot comprehend. So we come to some difficult passage 
and the Holy Spirit's available so that we can comprehend it. Now, sometimes he may use somebody else to open it up to us so that we can comprehend it, but he will help us to comprehend all that we need to know. No longer will you see through a glass darkly. You shall, and here it quotes the Bible verse from Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, you shall be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. So, in other words, you will have a whole new grasp on truth that the Holy Spirit is going to really make plain uh, all the things that we need to know. But in the humiliation and death of Christ, they were to suffer great trial and disappointment. That after this experience, their word might be accurate. You see, God is not pleased for a Seventh-day Adventist to give an incorrect position from the Bible. And we don't need to give incorrect positions because the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples so that what they preached was accurate. That after this experience, their word might be accurate. Jesus promised that the Comforter should bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So here is again, I believe, they desperately needed it. When you read the story, you can see how much they needed it, but we need it too. We need to seek the Holy Spirit's benefit, just like Jesus said, so that we can comprehend more truth. We have not comprehended everything that we need to yet. And there, we need to be able to do that before the end of time. And the second thing is, we have read things, we have studied things, but then we forgot. And so we need the Holy Spirit to bring back to our minds those things, especially when it's time to share it with somebody or it's time for us to get the benefit of what we studied in the past. In John 16, verses 12 and 13, he enlarges on this. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you. So he, he couldn't share everything with them. And notice the solution. But ye cannot bear them now. Are there things that if somebody told us right now, we would rise up against it? We would feel it wasn't right. Jesus recognized they can't handle this truth. They can't handle that truth. But before the end, don't you think we were going to have to handle all the truth there is? And so we need this. We need this benefit. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. 
for he shall not speak of himself. So the Holy Spirit's job is primarily to talk about Jesus. And that's what helps get people confused that the Holy Spirit is not a separate being. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Now let's look for a moment at why the disciples needed this so much. Because I believe we need it also. Jesus had opened before his disciples a vast tract of truth. So if we go through everything Jesus told his disciples, it would be described by a vast tract of truth. But it was most difficult for them to keep his lessons distinct from the traditions and maxims of the scribes and Pharisees. So Jesus taught the pure truth, but in their younger years, they had listened to the scribes and Pharisees. Now, somehow, some of the same idea, I don't think the entire idea that they had, but it goes on to explain the idea they had. They had been educated to accept the teaching of the rabbis as the voice of God. I don't think we've been trained to believe that conference leaders and pastors, when they speak, they speak as the voice of God. And praise God, we haven't been trained that way. But I think there are still some of that mental orientation. They had been educated to accept the teaching of the rabbis as the voice of God, and it still held a power over their minds and molded their sentiments. So if someone comes along and presents the same pure truth that Jesus presented, we, we get confused. We can't seem to grasp it because it doesn't agree with what we learned in grade school, academy, or college, or in Sabbath school lesson quarterly, or, you know, we, can, we could go through anything where we got our ideas from, and if we hear the pure truth, somehow we can't, we have trouble grasping it. Well, that was their problem. Earthly ideas. Here's the second problem. Earthly ideas, temporal things, still had a large place in their thoughts. So, you know, we have to live in this world. We have to be involved in the things of this world. And those things shape our thinking. And so it makes it hard for us to see some truth. Some is easier, but some is harder. And we have the same struggle that the disciples had. They listened to Jesus, but they didn't really get it. They did not understand the spiritual nature of Christ's kingdom, though he had so often explained it to them. Now, the major point I think we're clear on, they were expecting an earthly kingdom, but he was trying to present that he came to be king of their hearts. 
But even though we don't have that same error, I do think that we have some misunderstandings about how the kingdom of the heart is to be established and how it works for us to actually achieve the objective that God has given us. And so even though he explained it, we still don't understand it all. And I remember I had an experience one time. I was asked to teach the book Steps to Christ to students at Wildwood. And that was back when we had a longer class program. And so I was able to teach the whole book of Steps to Christ. And, you know, I would known about that book my whole life. And so I figured I knew about that book. And about the fourth time that I went through the book, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, there's something you've been missing in this book. And I began to realize that I didn't understand that book. And that led to a, a, a lot of study about the Christian life and how to live the Christian life. But I don't claim to know it all yet, I believe that we really need to understand the spiritual nature of his kingdom just as much as they needed to understand it back then. Their minds had become confused, so they didn't reject it particularly, but they just couldn't put it together between what they had been taught and what they used to think with what Jesus was telling them. They did not comprehend the value of the scriptures Christ presented. That's another one, I think, that we have that problem. We, we read our Bibles, but we don't see how valuable things are. Many of his lessons seemed almost lost upon them. Wow, can we admit that maybe we have the same problem? that we get 5%, 10% of what he wanted us to get. Many of his lessons seemed almost lost upon them. Jesus saw that they did not lay hold of the real meaning of his words. He compassionately promised them, I like that, he didn't give them a lecture, you dull people and why don't you get more? He compassionately promised that the Holy Spirit should recall these things to their minds. And he had left unsaid many things that could not be comprehended by the disciples. These also would be opened to them by the Spirit. So, God loves us just as much as them. Wouldn't he be willing to do it for us? to make plain everything he said, and to, uh, of course, there's probably no more that's going to be said. We have it all in the Bible and all in the spirit of prophecy. We have it all, but we need to be able to comprehend it all. And he is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that's been sent to do it for us. Now, just a review of what is the ministry of the Spirit that we've studied tonight? Well, number one, the Holy Spirit is to be our close companion. Closer 
than Jesus was to his disciples. That's a high privilege. Second, the Holy Spirit explains truth that was not understood. So we read our Bible, we read the spirit of prophecy, but we didn't understand it. The Holy Spirit explains truth that was not understood. Third, the Holy Spirit brings truth back to our minds. The Holy Spirit teaches us new truth, new insights, new aspect of what we may be read before. Five, helps us get rid of false practices and teaching. It's not easy to make changes in our lives. We need power to do that. And the Holy Spirit helps us get rid of the old way of thinking and helps us to follow the new one. The Holy Spirit enables us to be accurate in our teaching so that what we say is exactly correct. And the Holy Spirit reveals the future to us. So here we have a lot of things just in those few verses that the Holy Spirit was to do for the disciples and the Holy Spirit is to do that for us as well. Why not take full advantage of it?